0: System. It's nine o'clock. It's Saturday, and it's live and local here in Kansas so This is Saturday's with Kramer here on the Bet 1660 a fun show today fun show it's always gonna be a fun show and it's always with me here for an hour with you talking about the sport that i love and gravitate towards the most and i can talk about it for hours upon hours upon hours so it sucks having just one hour but that one hour making sure you do not miss a single second single moment and also get the best takes there is becoming all around the world of major league baseball but today fun show with you of course we'll talk about bobby witt jr there's no reason for me not to talk about bobby witt jr because i mean you just need to get used to him at this point in time. Bobby Jr.'s Jr. Is, here is coming, and he's going to be here to stay. But we got that. I mean, there's a a great matchup that's going to be happening in the American League Central that I completely f- forgot about. That's all. That's going to be awesome. It's, it's a brand-new concept where there's going to be a, a very good rivalry between the two teams when there already is, if you want to say that, between the Royals and Tigers. We'll get to more of that. And Major League Baseball released a lot of top tens by position, and they are completely ridiculous. And when I mean by completely ridiculous, we'll have to just dissect them. Almost all of them. Only I don't have is the center field one. They haven't put that out yet. But I, I'm going to give you my top three as well. And also there's one team in Major League Baseball whose window is going to be closing at the end of the season. We'll talk about them. But first, why can't we just listen to a beautiful crack of the bat?
1: And there's a ball well struck. Deep left center field, and that ball is long gone.
0: Almost hit the scoreboard in left center field. Bobby Witt Jr. It's a majestic shot to the back part of the grassy berm, and the Royals are on the board. They're down three to two. This was a definition of a moonshot. Bobby Witt Jr. has two home runs already hit in spring training, and I don't see him stopping anytime soon. Granny didn't hit one yesterday, but this is a guy that. He's, he's streaky. We've seen this already last year when he was in Double uh, life for the Naturals and also uh, for his time, that little short time that he had that he just completely tore it up for Omaha. He is a talent. He is a specimen. He's a guy that's going to be in this league for a long time, and if he hits a home run like that, I mean, he's going to talk about it and tell, him what, tell you all what he thinks what was happening during that at-bat.
1: Yeah, it's just last at-bat before that. Made solid contact, so I was just really just trying to go up there and do the same thing. See some pitches, and he was throwing a lot of like little sliders and stuff. And then he came in, and I was able to be on time and got to it. And luck, I think the wind changed a little bit at the, that toward that time, so luckily, I was able to get out.
0: And the best thing about Bobby Witt Jr.'s swing right now, before I get into the, the five reasons why he needs to be on the opening day roster, is his swing is so short, it's so compact, and he does find the barrel to the ball with every single swing that we see him put on there, and that bat head where that barrel is is always fluid right through that heart of the plate, and he's able to get great contact and able to hit the balls either 440-plus. I, mean, I think I, from, there was no distance I saw, but I'm pretty sure the two home runs that he hit have combined a total of 900 feet. That's how, that's how far these balls have went. It, they had been 450-plus, both of them, at least. Especially putting it on like the the grassy area, because you know all spring training get fields they have that grass in the outfield where all the fans like to go out and sit and enjoy, get, get like soak in the sun a little bit, and that's a that's, that's a fun thing for fans. Well, the, the hill slanted to where it's facing towards the field, but there's also that back draft area to where it's like behind the scenes where people can walk around that concourse and in the back area. That back area behind that is where Bubba Witt Jr.'s baseballs are landing. <laughs> so you know that he's bringing power, and that is why one main reason why he has to be a partless opening day roster. But Here's the five reasons why Bobby Witt Jr. needs to be in the opening day lineup. One, he will put butts in seats. He's already won the fans over. Hell, he's won me over in a heartbeat even last season. Granted, I thought last season they shouldn't call him up. They didn't. I said, you know what, they need to wait that next following year. What's that next following year? 2022, that's what I projected Bobby Witt Jr. to be in majors because of how talented he is. And he's already the number one prospect. Usually when we see the number one prospect be released on, the, on the, from the MLB pipeline, they usually get called up that same year. But that's the thing. Why Are they going to rush it? Are they gonna do actually. What I mean by rush it, like actually have it on opening day? Or are they going to try to bring give the team going to have more control over Bobby Witt Jr. and have him be in the minors for 20 games? If I'm, if I'm the Royals and if I want to win and if I want to make money, I'm making sure he's in the open day lineup playing third base, batting fifth, batting sixth, batting seventh, batting third, batting second, batting first. I don't care. As long as he's in the lineup, that is where he needs to be. So hell, that what, our at sister station here at the, um, the Bet 6, uh, 610 Sports Radio, they had a day where they went to Northwest Arkansas to watch him play. They were going to do the exact same thing to Omaha, but things just didn't line up. There's a big hype around him. There is. It's around Kansas City. There's a buzz around here. Hell, I talk about him weekly. So if it's not, if this is like your only radio show that you listen to, you might as well branch out a little bit because this is only a Saturday show. Why don't you just come back on Saturdays and enjoy it and wake up with me? But there's other stations either around Kansas City, heck, around Houston, heck, around Oklahoma, or even Arkansas, or even in St. Louis. They're talking about Bobby Witt Jr., New York's talking about him. It will be network is love in love with him. He's coming, guys. Like in Gauss. He he is. And you do not want to miss a single minute of it because it's going to be spectacular. No matter what, if it's even from the glove, the defense side of it, him running around the bases, him hitting home runs. That's what goes to my next point. He could he should and could win the AL Rookie of the Year this upcoming season. He's got all the tools. And if you don't know what the five tools are in baseball, it's hitting, hitting with power, running, fielding, and throwing. He is a 30-30 guy. Bobby way, Jr. is going to hit that 30 home runs. He will hit 30 home runs in a season. Hakeem he might do that for multiple seasons. He will steal 30 bases in a season. He'll probably do that multiple times. I think he'll have more 30 stolen base seasons than he will have 30 home run seasons. But... I feel like those 30 home run seasons he's going to be shy of. It might be, a, he's going to at 28, 29. He's still going to hit a lot of home runs. Hey, we might see a 40-40 out of him. it It's going to be hard, especially at a ballpark in Kansas City. But granted, I mean, the, the contract that they should offer Bobby should be north of 10 years because, hell, if Wander Franco can do that um, and he's only, what, 20, 21 years old, he signed like an 11-year deal last year, a 14-year deal last year. We're seeing a lot of long-term deals, especially with younger guys right now. We got Ronald Acuna Jr. who signed one, Ozzie Albie's, Fernando Tatis, Wander Franco. Like those are four guys that have signed that plus eight years, plus ten year contract. And the Royals should act fast and sign Bobby for like a fifteen year deal. He's only what twenty. He's twenty. You signed a fifteen year deal. You have him for his entire career as a Royal. He'll be thirty five by the end of that contract. I'll get to watch every single second of it. It'll be great. Hell, by the time he he uh, he's off and at the end of that contract, I'll be. It's weird to think I'll be 40, but it's just weird to think that. But he's coming. He is coming. And like, let's go to the third one. The potential for an amazing rookie season. This is not just winning the AL Rookie of the Year, but for an amazing season, a spectacular, never before seed season. he plays a full 162. Granted, I know I a a few weeks ago when there was the MLB lockout was going on, I was like, if this lockout bleeds into June or July, Bobby should be ready. He should be in the opening day lineup then. I am kind of a little bit deteriorated from that because I'm not 100% sure if he will actually make the opening day roster this year, as he should. That's why I'm making, giving you this list. If it was a shortened season, no matter what, Bobby would be up. But it's not. So since it's not, and you know he's ready, we see that he's ready. We see it with the eye test. It doesn't take analytics to figure out that he's hitting a, a, a ball with a, a bat speed of over 100 miles plus or hitting it over 450 plus. I don't need to see analytics for that. I do want to see 162 where Bobby plays the majority, not if all of it. He doesn't have rest days. That's what All the baseball players have rest days at times. They have built-in rest days. I mean, Unless you're Whit Merrifield and he's out there Constantly, but that's a great mentality to have on that on your team, like a guy like Whit Merrifield to give and bring it down to a guy like Bobby Witt Jr. They need a full they need a full 162 from him for his rookie campaign. Because It will just only add to the, the the hype that we are all giving him, and he knows he's good. He knows he's good. And then let's go to the fourth. This will put the Kansas City Royals over the hump, and they haven't been over the hump since they were since they won the World Series back in 2015. That's what I believe. That's what and. This will help the Royals have that playoff run. Who's our last year's third baseman? Mikey Franco. That was, it wasn't even last year. That was two years ago. What Hunter Dozier played was the third baseman last year. Emmanuel Rivera. Who's the third baseman for uh, Mikey Franco? Mike Moustakas. They haven't had a third baseman since Mike Moustakas. Heck, you can even go back uh, even further. I mean, Joe Randa was there. What Mark Tian played third. Alex Gordon had a cup of coffee at third base. Bobby's a shortstop, I get that, but if he comes up here and it just lights out at third base, why don't you just keep him there? I mean, the best play third base. The best defenders play third base. That's why they call it the hot corner, and Bobby has the arm action for it, the arm angle for it. Hell, he even has, he can probably even get the ball and run it over the first base if you had a a slow button. He could probably beat you out and tag the bag, or tag you. This will make the Royals' lineup so much better if he's in it. Granted, I, there's so many good baseball players. I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about Hunter Dozier because, I mean, he's a right fielder, third baseman, plays first base, you put him anywhere you want, but he's probably the only competition that you would have at third base at this time. And I don't want him there. <laughs> I do not want him there whatsoever. I want Bobby there. I want Mondi playing short. I want Nikki playing second. I want Witt Merrifield out in right field. Put Michael A. Taylor out in center field because it doesn't look like you're going to get another center fielder like Michael Conforto is still uh, open. Andrew Bettini out and left. Put Carlos Santana at first base. Catching Salvador Perez. Give me Zach Greinke on the mound on opening day lineup. There's so much potential for that lineup I just gave you that they should not finish last place in the AL Central. They should not finish fourth place. They should not finish third. They should finish second because the White Sox are there, but they are a top two team. They are. It's whether or not that pitching can go around, and if the bats are still there constantly the entire season, at some point the pitching will get there. It, it always happens. And on that last point, I would say there would be a new sheriff in town if it does happen. And the thing is, I can't really say that, though, because the sheriff in Kansas City is Patrick Mahomes. But Bobby, Bobby Witt Jr. could be his first deputy. He, he could. And that would just make a, a more star-studded, spectacular sensation around the Kansas City Royals because, or even in Kansas City in general, because you have two of the best players in respectable sports, in your city. Granted, I know we haven't seen Bobby Witt Jr. do anything in Major League Baseball. He could be a bust for all, all I care. I don't see it, though. Patrick came in here with open arms and an open mindset, knowing that he was going to be the backup to Alex Smith. Bobby Witt Jr. coming to Kansas City, knowing that he was a stellar season last year, making sure he was forced to be called up from Double A AA to AAA. Having a great, that what was it, training camp or what it was that little side area that they had over at uh, Monarchs uh, Ballpark over out in, uh, oh gosh, why can't I think, over at Legends. he was uh, There's a reason why they put him over there because he was just mashing the ball then at the age of 19, 18, 19. Last season happened, and now he's here saying, hey, my talent is bringing me up and bringing me up in an accelerated rate at the age that I am. I'm knocking on that door, saying, "Yo, uh, what's uh, what's the holdup? What is the holdup here? There should be no holdup. He should be in the opening day lineup, and we should be rejoicing the fact that the Royals are going to be one of not many teams that like to call up their talented guys on opening day rather than try to make sure they have another year of control under them under their belt." Because they want them to sit in the AAA for play twenty games there. Royals are, are bound to make history because of that. I couldn't even name you the last person. The hell, Mike Trout. They did it. To, the Angels did that to Mike Trout. They made sure that he played in the minors for twenty games, for twenty games after the season that they called him up, prior towards like the end of September call ups thing. You know, they when they used to do that from a couple years ago, the September call ups. They did it to Mike Trout that following season. The Angels did. I don't see the Royals doing that. Say say, Bobby Wood Jr. gets called up in September. I see him getting called up sooner than that. If, they, if that does happen, the Royals will not sit have him sit down there for 20 games the following 2023 season. That'd be stupid. Because I mean, we don't want to wait that long. Heck, we didn't even want to wait last year. I, I saw what he was doing last year and I'm like, call him up. Just call him up. Yeah, no, Royals are in a step ahead of I thank everybody between every single like in the organization-wise. And the manager sees it. The manager knows it. And if you don't even know who the manager is for the Royals, it's Mike Matheny. He, he loves Bobby. This is him talking about Bobby, actually.
1: He does do a nice job of really studying through each pitch. And um, he's not just up there hacking. He's got, a, he's got a plan. And then just listening to him come back and talk about what he's seen, um, kind of how the pitch reacts compared to how he anticipated it to it just he's studying and um, it makes fun conversations for the veteran guys so they can prep them. maybe this is something that you might want to keep your eyes open for but just a you know, student of the game is good to see a couple a couple good at-bats.
0: Student of the game Bobby Witt Jr. It, no matter what anybody in Major League Baseball is always improving and if you know that you come in and you want to talk about that last at-bat you had with, say, say it's Salvi he's talking it with which that would be a fun conversation to have about batting with he comes like, hey, man, I don't know what I was feeling here, but I was seeing this, spin was that way. And, and then, uh, say, Salby's like, no, no, no. It went this way, that way, and boom, boom, boom. They're trying to learn. I mean, there's still players this day that are in the ages of mid-30s, say like J.D. Martinez. He'll have an at-bat, and then he'll go in the dugout and write out what happened during that at-bat. He logs everything. I would not be shocked if we see Bobby do this because he wants to learn the game as much as possible. He wants to grow the game as much as possible. He wants to be the best at the game as quick as possible. And there's, no, no, there's nothing stopping him besides himself. The thing is, I'll let you guys a secret. He hasn't stopped himself yet. He's just getting better. Like I wish I had the talent. I wish I had the talent cuz I wouldn't be here. I'd be out there in uh playing in the Cactus League right now. Bobby's a stud. He's awesome and you need to watch him. And speaking of watching, there's a going to be a fire, I'm not even say a firestorm. There's just going to be an entertaining bout this entire season between the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. Let's, uh, let's talk about 2017. Amir Garrett made his uh, major league debut. Amir Garrett was just traded from the Reds, who was in the National League Central, to the Kansas City Royals, who was the American League Central. It was a deal for Mike Miner and some cash. Got sent over to Amir Garrett to go to Kansas City. Let's also back to 2017. There's a guy from the Chicago Cubs named Javier Baez. Yeah, Javier Baez helped the Cubs, well, I guess, won a World Series. It kind of sucked. I, I, I did not enjoy it whatsoever. They had a little bit of a... I wouldn't say a skirmish, a little bit of a, some showboat, some... some, some, some uh, I wouldn't say some testy... Uh, some waters that happened between the two guys. And now they both are in the same division once again. It seems like they can't get away from each other. Heck, Javi even got traded last year to the Mets. And now he made his way somehow back to the Central. And Amir just got traded to the Central. So it's like they can't leave each other. That's the thing is, Amir Garrett, he remembers everything. And I mean everything. Okay. And Mary Garrett, if you don't know, if you're, if you're still familiar, trying to like understand what he is and who he is and how he plays, he's a firecracker. He is amped up 24 seven at times. Like when he was a red as a Cardinals fan, I'm like, eh, he's doing a little bit much, but I get it now. I understand why he's this way because it's either him go all out for this. this is what his, he was quoted on saying something similar like this is like, either had the option between playing basketball or baseball. He just had to go and do it and just focus everything on one thing and try to be as good as possible at it. That's what he did with baseball. And he gets, like, angry and mad at himself, and he will take it out on himself, like, not physically or mentally or anything, but he will, like, be like, all right, why did I throw that pitch? Why can't I hit that spot? I'm going to keep working at it. And that's what Amir Garrett does. He gets fired. He gets amped up. He wants to make sure he's, he's the best either reliever or starting pitcher at some point if he's ever going to make it that way or closer in the game. This was him on the Chris Rose rotation. Um, uh, that's uh, a, a podcast that's on the John Boy uh, Media Network. And he was talking with Chris uh, about the entirety of the situation between him and Javier Baez. Let's get, let's give us a listen because it is very, very interesting. You were
1: talking about teammates, and if I get traded to a new team, I'm your boy for life. I, so you're saying that if you and Javier Baez got put on the same team, you'd be cool. Yeah, of course. You know, we would have to be cool. If me and Javi were on the same team, guess what? I'm going to ride for you. You know what I mean? Until you show me otherwise. You know what I mean? So that's just how it is. Is that something that you would ever like to be? Because now you guys are back in the same division, right? He signed with the Tigers. Is it better that there's that friction? Or would you would you like it if y'all you just somewhere in the off season met up at the same party and talked it out? With the Javi situation... Like, this goes back to 17 when I was a rookie. He hit a home run, pimped it, whatever. I'm cool with it. But all I did was get him back. You know what I mean? I, I got him back. I didn't uh-huh. – I could have – if we were playing by the old school rule, rules, I could have hit him. He'd have been mad, ready to fight. But all I did was strike him out and, you know, show him up like how he did me. And, you know, it's, it's a cycle. You know, he hit a home run. He's barking around the bases. I strike him out, and I barker at him. Like, if you can give it, you can take it. You know, that's my big, my biggest thing. And with Javi, he can't take it. I'm going to remember the battles that we've had. And if you show me up, I'm going to show you up. Just take it, you know. And if you show me up, I'm cool, whatever. The last battle we had, he won off a, a a sacrifice pop-up and he did everything. But my thing is, like, he, you know how he did the road, the boat, whatever? People don't understand. We swept them and I did that to them. You know what I mean? I did that to them. And it's like, yeah he did it. he he popped it up you know it's a sack fly like and he did it to me and i had to eat that and he went he went really extreme which is okay but i had to eat that chris i had to eat that like he made me look like a fool and i was okay with that but i'm going to remember that though for this these next battles that we have this year i'm going to remember that so i just want people to know that like the last battle we had he went to that extent of doing that so if i do something he cannot be upset. He cannot be upset. You know what I mean. And it's it, everything goes around the full circle. So, you know, I'm okay with it.
0: I think what teams play what like in division games, 20 games a season possibly. So, Amir might feature in 10 of those, and you know, Javi was gonna is probably gonna feature in the majority, not if all of those. It's gonna be fun. Like I, you better be watching when it's just them two, the pitcher versus batter, because if he takes mental notes from there, like I think that's just I think that's just all baseball guys. They can remember their at bats, they can remember their strikeouts, their innings, whatever they've done. Like heck, I can remember like back in the day when I hit my first ever home run in the Pony Express League up at St. Joe when I was like literally in the fourth grade or no, I was I don't think I was in the third grade, third or fourth grade. I hit my first home run. I remember what pitch it was. I remember how far. I mean, I don't know what the, the actual distance is, but I know it went straight dead center into the trees. Like, we just remember that stuff. Everybody does. And that's why Mayor Garrett has those mental notes, and that's why he did rowing in the boat after they swept the Chicago Cubs. Because it's like they... It's. I wouldn't say that baseball players are petty, but they're petty. And That's a good thing because you need that pettiness in order to have that heel persona or mentality, a wrestling term if you don't know what a heel is. It's a bad guy. But you kind of have to have that in order to get that chip on your shoulder, in order to keep that chip on your shoulder to give you that boost to say, you know what? I'm the best guy out here. I'm going to lock this down. I have an ERA under one. or I have a batting average over three. I hit home runs all the time. They know this. Players know this, and that's what I love about this matchup because we're going to see, I wouldn't say the best of the best because I don't think Javier Baez is worth the money he's getting from the Detroit Tigers, which, honestly, that deal happened during, before the lockout. How much? I'm, I'm, I, I can't remember how much he even signed there for the the, the Tigers, which, honestly, why would you even want to sign with the Tigers in the first place? I can't do a quick Google search enough to figure this out. I thought I even had it on my, on my rundown. Apparently, I don't. But there's just... So much entertainment, and do not get up to go grab a beer or to go get a pretzel or a hot dog or the chicken tenders at Coffin. I cannot wait to go to Coffin Stadium to get the chicken tenders. I just I can't. That's that's what I'm looking forward to the most on opening day because I'll be there opening day, which is gonna be fun. But I it's I can't wait to eat the chicken tenders. But I'm not getting up to eat the chicken tenders if it's a ti- if I'm at the Tigers Royals game and I know a Mary Garrett's gonna take on Javier Baez because honestly. Eighty percent of the time, Javier Baez is probably going to strike out in this matchup. Like about eighty percent of this time, because sh- But the thing is, Amir Garrett's lefty. He's right-handed. The ball's going to run in on him. It's, it's gonna be it'd be different because Javier likes to chase that slider away. Even though Amir can't throw it away, he could probably pinpoint it and keep it out in a way. Javier chases so much. I I don't. He's not worth the contract. He isn't. And this is going to be a fun matchup that Amir Garrett's going to win. Almost every single time, and I, I'm all for it, especially that way. He's in number 24 now too. I think he has the uh, the Kobe number, which is good for him. Good. R.I.P. Kobe though. He got the new shoes uh, coming out, which is pretty sweet. Vanessa Bryant is. Uh, I think I think she's happy with it. I'm hoping she's happy with. It. Hopefully that that entire family is doing doing good. Man, man, I can't believe that even still happened. Uh, that's 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 my the 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 fact that. This is a going to be a great upcoming baseball season, no matter what for the Royals is going to happen. Whether if it's Bobby Witt Jr. going to be in the opening day in the lineup or Amir Garrett always going to win in the battle against Javier Baez, because it's true, it's going to happen. And I th- this just expect that everybody just expect it. This is the McCray of right here on the Bet Sixteen Sixty. We've come back. I got a question. I'll answer for my man Dylan and. This team's window is closing, and it's closing within the next 162 games they play. Who's that team? I'll discuss next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Out it here live and local on a saturday here in kansas city with the well I'm gonna say a little bit of weather the weather reports um it's 41 degrees outside here currently in kansas city so i hope it gets up to the 50s at least i you know how i talk baseball um i'm actually gonna be joining a, a wooden bat league here in kansas city which i haven't played baseball since i played in college and uh, our first games is next sunday and it's going to be 54 degrees, so I'm going to welcome myself back to playing baseball. And a 54-degree weather out there in independence is where I'll be playing. But yeah, no, I can't wait. I'm excited to play baseball, and uh, I, I can't wait to strike out as many times as possible and uh, make as many airs as possible because I just haven't really thrown a baseball or swung a bat in some time, so I bet 80s going to look like 100 to me when I'm swinging at that thing. But you know what? I don't care. I'm out there to have fun now. I'm out there to have fun, and one team that probably won't have fun after the end of this upcoming season of the full 162 games they're going to play is the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are going to be, I wouldn't say done, gone, liquidated, um, exploded or imploded or even just no fans showing up to in order to watch all that stuff because after the end of the season, we all know that the shift is going to be banned. So no more shifting. What do the Bray not Braves? What do the Rays do the most in that is shift in major league baseball? They shift all the time. That's how they are an analytically driven team that will trade their stars in order to get prospects that have a great upside for at least a couple years and they'll try to flip them for younger prospects again and continue to do the exact same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Except for this next season, granted it was well they've sent an offer to Freddie Freeman um, uh, to hopefully drag him from Atlanta all the way down to Tampa Bay. It didn't work out, but it's interesting to think that okay, the Rays are actually going to try a little bit and trying to sign the big free agent guys. They have the money for it, for or they they had the money the entire time they just didn't want to spend it, which. Hate to say it or break it to you, but that's what owners do all the time. <laughs> that's why there's a lockout happening. They want to make keep as much money as possible they can because they're Sharks. But the raises window is just going to be up like this. And you can even just go in the aspect of how much money the team is going to be playing with this upcoming season because they're ranked 23rd in Major League Baseball for having a MLB payroll of just under $70 million. Kramer, $70 million is a lot but they're ranked 23rd. The Baltimore Orioles are in dead last right now. Heck, hold on one second. I think I read the wrong thing. No, I did read the wrong thing. They take my rates of $81 million. $81 million of payroll on their team. That is ranked 23rd. You know what the Baltimore Orioles are? Any guesses out there? Oh, that You guess to yourself right now. I'll, get, I'll count down five. What's your number? One, two, three, four, five. You got that number already? Well, if it's if you had it over fifty million dollars, you're wrong. If you had it over thirty million dollars, you're wrong. If you had twenty six million dollars, ding 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 ding, you have a winner. The the Baltimore Orioles have only spent twenty six million dollars on their current Major League Baseball payroll. Tampa Bay Rays have spent a total of eighty one million dollars. The number one team in Major League Baseball that has spent the I'm gonna say they're not even the number one team because they're not the the team that has the most money spent on their roster this year is the New York Mets with a grand total of $246 Woohoo! Oh, my gosh. The Mets like to lose baseball, don't they? They spend a lot of money to not even make the postseason. And the Rays can spend a little bit of money and make the postseason, make the possibility of making it to the World Series. They did all of that. Didn't win the World Series two years ago, made it back to the postseason, didn't win a single lick of it. And they're probably gonna make it back, and then now this will be the this year to be the last year of it because every single year that they did this, they used analytics. They used the shift. They did everything they could in order to gain an advantage or gain a competitive understanding or acknowledgement of the game, knowing that analytics are is what driving the game in the forefront of change of Major League Baseball. They were understanding it. They were one of the first teams to do it. Heck, we're seeing the the Kansas City Royals do it. Heck, that um, uh, we, we've seen the Atlanta Braves, who two years ago were the least shifted team major league baseball to becoming like in the top two or top five of shifted teams last year and they won the World Series. You doing the shift works because it cuts down on say like Joey Gallo, who is notorious for hitting the ball hard through the right field side, and he hits home runs. You get paid a lot to hit home runs Major League Baseball. He wants to get paid a lot to hit home runs. So he's going to swing as hard as he can and pull it. If you're a left-handed batter and you pull it all the time and say you have to roll over on one and it's like that low, it's a it's a sharp, hard grounder, but it's in shallow right field and that second baseman is playing shallow right field and just throws it to the first base and gets you out, that's demoralizing. It is. It's like they're paying me a lot of this money. They're, the, sh- the shift is just killing me and destroying me. Why I, I can't do anything. And here's the thing. I don't want people to be like, oh, he can just uh, um, shift me a little bit later or he can uh, push it the other side. You get in that batter's box and face over a, near close to 100 mile per hour pitch every single time and tell me you're not going to swing as hard as you can. Because I hate to break this to you all. Hitting a baseball, especially at 95 plus, it's extremely hard. It's extremely hard. So I'd like to see you try to push it the other way if you're left-handed or push it the other way if you're right-handed. I want to see you try and do that. Because I bet you see five pitches. Heck, I bet you see 20 pitches or 50 pitches. You might nick a few of them and foul them off. That's all you're going to do. That is all you will do against these guys. So I want to see you try that. So I don't, I don't want to hear anybody... Complain about I don't know, like, oh, they can't hit home they can't um get a base six or shifting. Stop, sit back, watch your TV, complain about said team or whoever team that you don't that you do and don't like. Sit back and watch that because you can't complain about this subject. And that's why I think the Rays are done. They're done at the end of the season. I would like to eat my words because they have so much talent on that team, and I want to see Wander Franco do amazing things at the shortstop position there for him but I don't see that happening after the end of the season. And you can thank the players union and the owners to, who agreed upon this rule, because I agree upon it as well. I think it's the, the, one of the best moves for baseball. It's going to produce more runs. It may not speed up the game, but it will make the game more entertaining. And that's what we need. And that's what baseball needs to grow. And that's what puts more butts in seats where people are going to be spending money to get their butts in seats and spending for those overpriced beers, for those overpriced chicken tenders, or for just overpriced ice cream—that's what's gonna happen. That's how Major League Baseball makes money, baby. It's—it's it's a business. At the end of the day, this is a business, and they don't care whether you like it or not. They want their money. That's what everybody does. Like, kind of like with me. I enjoy what I do for a living right now. I do. I absolutely love it. I, I do this. I write for Arrowhead Pride. If you don't love my Arrowhead Pride articles, I thank you for looking, lo- reading them or even just clicking on the, the Madden simulations just to watch to see what happens. I appreciate you all for doing that. But I know people in Kansas City do not like me. And you know what? I really don't care. I love you all. I love you all because you give that click and engagement. You want to interact with me because you want to pick my brain. You want to be like, you know what, Kramer, I don't agree with you. But I respect you. And that's how it is with the relationship I have here. And I love it. I might be the heel of Kansas City, but I love you all. I don't care. I'm a, I am guess you could say that I'm a free-spirited Raiders fan, Cardinals fan here. Oh, I think I might have uh, burnt some bridges with people if this is their first time listening, knowing that I am a Raiders fan and Cardinals fan. But you know what? I'm a fan of baseball. I love what the Kansas City Royals are doing. I love what the St. Louis Cardinals are doing. I absolutely do not love with the Tampa Bay Rays organization how they're going to be able to handle what they're going to do with this season and what they're going to do with next season. They have to spend money. This eighty-six million dollars ain't going to cut it. It won't. They got to figure out a way to raise that cat that their uh, their capital up. They're going to have to figure that out. And having games in St. Pete or Clearwater, wherever the hell they play in Tampa Bay, you're going to have to figure something out because you got to get butts and seats in order to drive your revenue up. And Tampa Bay Rays have a hard time doing. There's a reason why they wanted to split home games. Well the owner wanted to split home games up in Montreal. Because they know that Montreal is still a hotbed for baseball because the Montreal Expos were there. Now Montreal Expos are the Washington Nationals. And why can't the the Rays try to tap back into a market where they are hungry for some baseball? I mean it got denied. It got pulled pulled away. But the Rays need to figure something out at home. At home for them to get butts in the seats. Because at this point in time in baseball happening for him, it ain't happening. I hate to break it to you, Rays fans. It ain't happening. You should, hopefully your team does make the World Series this year. and Hopefully your team does win it for you because you can kiss your postseason run and stint and everything goodbye after the end of this 162-game season because of how baseball is changing. It's changing for the better. It it, it truly is. I'm not here to harp on and say like, oh, the shift is the, it needs to stay and everything like that. No, the shift needs to go. They're making the bases bigger. Heck, I wouldn't be shocked if they try to shorten the distance somewhere between the base paths. I wouldn't be shocked if they try to do something like that. They're always tinkering with the game because they need to drive and focus more on that younger generation of people to capitalize on that young viewership in order to grow the sport for the future. It makes sense. I understand it. I get it. But will teams adapt and try to survive on the changes of Major League Baseball? That is to be determined. That will be to be continued. Because we're not going to see it this year. We will have to see it next year, and I'm ready for it. But I want to f- watch 162 this year before I get to another 162 next year. And like how I said 162 next year? They should never go under 162 games in a season. Never do that. Never do that whatsoever. Heck, I think they after the end of uh, this year when they expanded the playoffs for this season... If they expand the playoffs even more, it's it'd be dumb. It'd be it'd be stupid. There, there's no reason for that either. I like where baseball's going. I do. And it's 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 in the right direction of improvement. And for that, I thank baseball for that. I thank you, Rob Manford. I thank you, owners, I thank you, MLBPA. Because if it wasn't for you three, that core group of you all, there wouldn't be me here talking about the sport. This, we could be in a lockout still. I could be talking about football right now, ba- basketball, hockey, but I don't want to bore you with that because I know for a fact the people who tune into this station know that they're going to get either wrestling or maybe it's during football season. You'll, you're going to get my you're going to get my uh, my my FanDuel lineups that makes you money every single week. If it wasn't for baseball, I wouldn't be talking about this right now. Wouldn't be talking about baseball right now. It's, it's the truth. This is crying right here on the Bet 1660. And I, I love baseball. That's what I want to talk about. Thank you guys for not having the lockout happening. But here's the thing. There's more talks to talk about. And I love it. Because I get a question from my buddy Dylan. Do you think the Yankees will sign Judge to a one-year deal or sign him to a long-term extension? If I'm the Yankees, I'm locking him up. I... Aaron Judge... He's, a, he's, of course, in the top 10 of the, the top uh, right fielders in Major League Baseball. He should be the top three if it was for me, but I think he's like six or something. Aaron Judge is a stud. He is what? Seven foot tall? Actually, he's like six foot seven. Six foot seven, 282. This is a guy who hits bombs. Hit 39 home runs last year, batted a 287, drove in 98. He averages, if I do my quick math properly, he averages about 33 home runs a year. He hit 52 back in 2017 where he won the Rookie of the Year. At the age of, what, 29? Signed him to a long-term extension. He's already given you above six war every single season. Heck, his career war is 26.4, and war is wins above replacement. He needs to be on the field in order for you to win. And if I'm the Yankees, if I'm looking at him or let's say like a guy like Giancarlo Stanton, who they signed uh, or they traded for from... It was either a sign or a trade from the Miami Marlins, who's currently, what, 32 years old, has a career war of 44.1, but last year had a, a war of 3.1, which his war is dwindling down. From the Yankees, I, I extend Aaron Judge. I sign, I lock up for another three to four to five years. Because, I mean, at the age of 29, he's about ready to turn 30 in the next 20 days. Sign him to a five-year deal. Sign him to a six-year deal. I know he's playing on house money for himself right now in his final year of his contract. They need to sign him. They, If I'm the Yankees, that's priority number one at this point right now in Major League Baseball. Granted, I know New York uh, New York uh, has all the uh, the COVID restrictions and stuff right now, and, we, and he had that, uh, that odd response to him answering a question about vaccination. So people kind of speculated. I'm not going to speculate anything for that reason, but there is a... Yankees need to re-sign, sign, extend, whatever with with Aaron Judge. That's just the case. This so is the Crane right here on the Bet 1660. It'll be top 10s being released. We already know Mike Trout. I just looked it up. Mike Trout's number one uh, center fielder in Major League Baseball for the fifth, I think fifth, since 2017. So 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. For the sixth consecutive year. We'll discuss more of it next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Back out here in the final segment of Saturdays with Kramer. I appreciate you all for tuning into the show. And per sources from uh, my uh, my mother uh, up in the, the St. Joseph, I guess my first home run was back in 2007, May 22nd to be exact. I need to make that like a date in my calendar. My first ever home run in my entire career of playing baseball in a home run. at the I, I can't tell you what the, how, how old I was. So if I was, well, yeah, I can tell you how old I was. I was born in 96. I was 11 years old at the time I hit the home run. I was 11 years old when I hit my first home run. That is nuts. I don't think many kids at 11 years old were hitting home runs and then talking on sports radio. Most kids that are hit home runs at 11 years old probably are in the league, but I mean, honestly, I'm enjoying life where I'm at right now. Heck, I'm, I, I joined a baseball league. I don't care. I'm going to have fun with it. I, I may not be getting paid at all. I might be, be paying to play the game, but it's okay. That's, I, at one point, there might be a chance where I'm the guy that actually gets paid to play. Now, I know I'll tell you one thing. There's guys that are being paid top dollars to play in positions. That's why they're being the rankings of the top 10 in Major League Baseball currently right now. And it is just wild to see some of these, especially because it's like the top 10 players that are playing the game currently right now. And I just want to start off since, I mean, we are in Kansas City. Kansas City does have one of the better catchers in Major League Baseball of Salvador Perez. But this upcoming year... The catcher that Salvador Perez like he's behind is four other people. He's ranked fifth on this. He's behind JT Real Muto, who arguably should be number one. Then there's Yasmani Grandal, Will Smith, and Wilson Contreras. Then there's also Salvador Perez. That is not good whatsoever. I, if it was for me, my top three would be this. JT Real Muto, Salvador Perez, and Yadier Molina. Only reason why I have Salvador Perez above Yadier Molina is because of how Salvi was the home run king last year. You kind of have to put him up there. Plus, he's also playing great defense still. But the fact that Yadier is not even on this top 10 catchers list currently, Sean Murphy the Oakland Athletics is, Jacob Stallings of, what is he, in Miami now, Mike Zanino, who can't actually catch. He's more of a hitter. And Carson Kelly? I don't know how that 7, 8, 9, and 10 got there, but Yadier needs to be on there. Even Mitch Garver's at 6. Mitch Garver had a terrible year last year in Minnesota. Ends up getting traded to the Rangers. Hopefully he can rejuvenate himself, but he's at 6. Come on, I I don't know about that one, and uh, let's uh, there's also another one that was just stupid, stupid, ridiculous. Hey, I I'm not I ain't gonna be, I'm not mad about how the uh, starting pitchers are for the top ten. The top 3 also go with that one: Jacob Degrom, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer. I'm absolutely fine with that. All three of the guys pitch in New York. Two of them are on the same team with each other with Max Scherzer and Degrom. Like that is a great one. But what I have a really hard time of trying to figure out why he's so low on this list is let's go out to left field. Left field, you would think, you would think, Tyler O'Neill, of the St. Louis Cardinals would not be ranked 7th in the top 10. This is a guy that pretty much finished 3rd place MVP voting last year. This was a guy that helped the St. Louis Cardinals with that stupendous winning streak to end the season last year. His glove turned around so much, but yet he's ranked seventh. Jesse Winker's ranked first. I Winker at number one, love it. Great area where he's at now in uh, Seattle. He's going to be a fan favorite there, even though he's a fan favorite in Cincinnati. Stud, absolute stud. Number two, Joey Gallo. All right, I respect it. He may not be a, number, a, a top two guy, but he might be in a top five. But then you got Christian Yelich, who's fallen off since he won the MVP three years ago. You got Michael Brantley, who's just a a, a fine-hitting machine, which he needs to be in the top 10, but not at number four. You have a DH and Kyle Schwarber saying that he's a left fielder. I hate to break it to you Phillies fans, but he's going to be playing probably DH the entire season this year. He ain't going to be playing left field. Heck, Kyle Schwarber's a better catcher than he is an outfielder. If you all don't remember, Kyle Schwarber got called up with the Cubs. He got called up to play catcher reason why he got moved to the outfield is because Wilson Contreras was there. Wilson Contreras was a better catcher than Kyle Schorber. Kyle Schorber's not a defensive guy. He's not a defensive guy whatsoever. Hell, he played first base for, this, um, uh, for the Boston Red Sox when he got traded to the Red Sox last year from Washington. Why is he on the list? Why is he number five on the list? Oh, it's because of his bat. He doesn't play the outfield. He's If you want DHs on there, put him on there. Brandon Nemo at 10. Brandon Nemo doesn't even start. Does he? Does he start in New York? I don't think so. Why is Tyler O'Neal at seven? I don't understand it. Heck, he had a war of like, what, maybe eight last year? Tyler O N E I L L. Tyler had a 6.3 war last year, hit 34 home runs, drove in 286, uh, had a batting average of 286, drove in 80 uh, RBIs. His second percentage was a 560. That's good. That's really good. You know the thing is? That was what? This is projected. That was his... He's only been in the Major Leagues for four years. And the thing is, that was his first year in Major League Baseball. And he actually played over 61 games. He actually played a total of 138 last year. He was ranked 8th in, uh, in MVP. But he was a gold glove in 2020. He was a gold glove in 2021. Yet he's ranked 7th. Back-to-back years of the gold glove out and left... An incredible hitting performance last year. He's only 26 years old. Yet he is ranked seventh in left field. And I don't even want to... I'm sorry to say this too. Let's just go to second base. Guess who's not on the list at all in the top ten of second base? Just guess. He played the majority of it last year. Hell, he didn't even make the right field list. He didn't. The most underrated baseball player in Major League Baseball... Whit Merrifield is not on the second baseman list. Listen, you tell me where, how about this? I will go down the list right now, and you tell me where I should stop. One, Catal Marte, I'll stop now. Whit Merrifield is the second best second baseman in Major League Baseball, and he ain't even there. Two is Marcus Simeon. Three, Brandon Lowe. Four, Jose Altuve. Five, Jonathan India. Six, Jake Cronworth. Seven, Jorge Polanco. Eight, Ozzie Albies. Nine, Jeff McNeil. Ten, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor's a center fielder. Get him off this list. Jeff McNeil plays everywhere you want him. Ozzy Albies is a true second baseman. Jorge Polanco is mostly a shortstop. Don't know why he's on the second baseman list. Jake Cronworth ain't bad. That's not that bad. Jonathan India, I thought he was majority of third base, but I forgot Eugenio Suarez was. So yeah, and plus he was also the rookie of the year last year in National League. Jonathan India makes, deserves to be on this list. Jose Altuve deserves to be on this list. Brandon Lowe does. Marcus Simeon definitely does. If anything, Marcus Simeon should be one. What Merrifield should be two, and Jose Altuve should be three. Catal Marte needs to be on this list, but probably not in the top, uh, not in the top five. He just shouldn't. But Whit Merrifield is not on the list, and that's just it baffles me. It really, do- I don't understand it. I don't agree with it, and it's just a a dumb concept for us to talk about, complain about because we want our players on there and a player that we want that deserves, it's not even that we want him on there. He deserves to be on there is what Merrifield, at least in the second base category, most underrated baseball player, man, the most underrated baseball player. I'm trying to think what else I, I can talk about. So maybe I got the final seconds here and that I uh, just want to appreciate you all for listening. Thank you for the show. Thank you for tuning into the show. Expressing your interest in this show, yeah, that's been a great one to Kansas City. Baseball's here; baseball uh, is going to be happening no matter what. I'm going to go home, watch baseball, fall asleep watching it, cuddle my cat. Why not? Why not? This is Saturdays Kramer here on the Bet 1660. Bump at Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.